The Leach Report Radio Network is on the air with the voice of the Wildcats, Tom Leach. This is where the Big Blue Nation comes for the latest news and views on the Cats. The show is served up by Wild Eggs of Lexington. Interact with the show now by tweeting at Leach Report or email leachreport at gmail.com. Call us at 877-904-1080. Now, the voice of your Wildcats, Tom Leach. Welcome in to our Monday edition of the Leach Report from the Clark's Pump and Shop Studio here in Lexington. Coming up today, the Goose, Jack Givens, will join us. You're here with Dave Baker on the Countdown to Tip-Off show on the U.K. basketball pregame. And we'll get his thoughts on the Cats after a loss to Florida and heading into the final week of the regular season. Uh, we'll talk with Kent Spencer from WHAS-TV. And we'll talk with William Warfield of Prep Spin, And they are involved with a broadcast of a big basketball game on Saturday between Lexington Catholic and North Laurel, which features uh, the sophomore star, uh, Reed Shepard, son of uh, two former Kentucky basketball stars. So that's what we'll get to today as we roll into our Wildcat news of the day, and we start with the Cats' 71-67 loss to the Florida Gators at Rupp Arena on Saturday. Uh, Kentucky has now tied uh, two other teams for the most losses in a single season in Rupp Arena. Uh, virtually eliminates any chance at a top four seed for the SEC tournament uh, week after next or next week in the um, uh, Bridgestone Arena down in Nashville. So uh, Kentucky has two games left as they've picked up a game against South Carolina on Saturday, and the time for that has been set at 12 noon for the regular season finale. Uh, but they had the senior day this Saturday since uh, that was originally scheduled to be the final home game of the season. Now, if you take... The optimistic outlook, you'd say that if Isaiah Jackson avoids foul trouble, Kentucky likely wins this game. I think he would have had his highest scoring game as a Wildcat, uh, the way he was uh, eating up the Florida zone when he was in there early in the second half. He was just what they needed, and unfortunately he couldn't stay on the court. Um, and then if Davion Mintz uh, hits one of those late threes, he had a couple of dagger opportunities that would have given Kentucky the lead in the final two minutes and nobody makes them all he's uh, made most of them this season uh, those were a couple of opportunities where Kentucky had to get the lead uh, back that it uh, relinquished uh, coming out of the under four media timeout now Kentucky this was a game again where Kentucky uh, was in a one possession game in the final four minutes and they've lost way too many of those but this time it wasn't uh, as much their own uh, self-inflicted issues with turnovers anyway Uh, they executed and got a couple of good shots there for Mintz couldn't get them to go down they got and they had one other shot with uh, near the end of a shot clock with uh, Saar throwing up just a, a prayer of a shot, so it was not well executed there. But uh, Kentucky is, is not good at the end of shot clocks, and that's kind of what uh, end, end of shot clock situations, and Florida did a good job in putting them in a lot of those on Saturday. Uh, if you take the uh, cloudy outlook, well, Kentucky's going to have to win a game like this or two if it's going to make a run, and they didn't make the winning plays to do it in the final four minutes. And they have yet to win four straight games this season, and they face the prospect of having to win four straight games to make it into the NCAA tournament next week. So 
depends on uh, whether you're half glass half full, glass half empty. They need it looks like somewhere probably seven to eight threes. Maybe they could get it with six to to win games. They uh, just have uh, trouble scoring enough points if they don't do that. And they only had four on Saturday. Um, Sar was ineffective uh, in this game with Florida being real physical with him, and that's been you know a, re- a repeated theme. So uh, that uh, is is something probably you, you're not going to change at this point. But uh, Florida came out after about the middle point of the first half, went to mostly a three-two zone. They worked in a little one-three-one half court trap, but mostly a three-two zone. And Kentucky just got very tentative, and this was kind of the the game I was worried about for them at Ole Miss because Ole Miss plays uh, some of those same kinds of well they they play more of a two three zone but they also do a one three one half court trap and they uh, throw a lot of different looks at you and with a uh, freshman point guard who has had uh, struggles at times uh, I thought that could be a bad matchup well it turned out that matchup came here uh, a, a game earlier because of the game plan that Florida put in. So maybe Kentucky will benefit from that experience and, uh, and handle it better down at Ole Miss on Tuesday night. Uh, the Speaking of Ole Miss, disappointing finish to the regular season for the U.K. women as the Ole Miss women came into Memorial Coliseum and beat 19th-ranked Kentucky 73-69. to So after the Wildcats had beaten Georgia on Tuesday – or on Thursday, rather, to set themselves up for a top-four seed at the SEC tournament and probably a top-four seed in the NCAA tournament. They gave all of that right back with a loss to Ole Miss. Kentucky got off to a good start, led at halftime, I think, by six, and Ole Miss uh, just came out on fire to start the second half. Kentucky shot 33% for the day. So the Rebels sweep Kentucky, and now Kentucky will play on Thursday afternoon as the five seed in the SEC tournament this week in Greenville, South Carolina, and they'll get the winner of a game between Florida and Auburn. Uh, various media reports say Kentucky football's on a COVID-19 pause not expected to be a long one. Spring practice is scheduled to start on March 16th, and cornerback Jamari Brown has entered the transfer portal. Links to the stories that we talk about can be found on the Bud Light Leach Report page. That's at TomLeachKY.com. Jack Evans will join us when we come right back. Here on the Leach Report Radio Network, we are served up by Wild Eggs of Lexington. This is where the Big Blue Nation gathers. It's Talk Radio 1080 and the Leach Report, followed by Kentucky Sports Radio. We go to the KentuckyHempWorks.com hotline to bring on Jack the Goose Givens. You hear him on the uh, Countdown to Tip-Off show on our UK network with Dave Baker, and we'll hear him tomorrow night ahead of the Ole Miss game, and he joins us here to talk a little Kentucky basketball. Jack, I heard you and, and Buzz talking on uh, Saturday, and you had watched practice, I think you said, on Thursday, and how sharp yeah. the Cats looked. Uh, I saw their shoot-around Saturday morning, and it was as, as crisp as I had seen them look all season, and I thought, okay, this is this is good to see because they had won had a big win at Tennessee, third straight win. Now having a great practices uh, and the way the game started looked like that was all right in line with what you and I had seen. And then Florida switched to that zone and there everything went south. Yeah, you know I I watched that practice and and I think I told Dave I said Dave you know I'd seen this team and I'd come to the conclusion this is for five games ago, I'd come to the conclusion that 
they are what they are. You know, they 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 play at this level, they play at this speed, they make shots, um, some, but not. Uh, and then all of a sudden, all of these things I decided uh, made them who they are. Uh, they change. They start making shots. They start sharing the basketball. They. Uh, the thing that I really noticed in practice was an elevated level of speed that uh, Coach Cal had been talking about all season. We got to play faster, and they seemed to, it seemed to all click. And that practice Thursday that I watched was by far the best practice I'd seen all year. Uh, I'm talking about top to bottom, not one guy looking good and everybody else. I mean, so yeah, I, I was expecting. Man, here we are. We're going and get, trying to get set up to go into the SEC tournament. We could play three games instead of four. All of those things, and all of a sudden, man, they they come with this. Uh, I mean, it's a token uh, full court press. I mean, it, 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 there was no pressure. They wanted to just force them to use six, seven, eight seconds on the shot clock, and now you drop back in this zone, and it takes another five, six, seven, eight seconds to figure that out. Before you know it, they're down to five seconds, and now you got to rush, and all of these things that are not Kentucky basketball uh, happened in the game Saturday, and it was just really frustrating after seeing that practice Thursday. And in watching the start of the second half, Jackson comes back. He had, had the two fouls. He sat for almost uh, most of the first half. So he comes back, and they immediately start going to him. And he's doing the things you need to do. He's catching it, making quick decisions. He either scores or gets fouled. Uh, the one time they uh, get it to him on the side, Florida sends two guys at him. He throws the skip pass over to Toppin that they had been coached to do. Toppin hits the three. It's all clicking. And then Jackson picks up two more fouls. Yeah, and, and, and by this time of the year, man, he's got to know that in order for Kentucky to be good, uh, I'm talking about, well, better than good, he has to be on the floor. And, and sometimes you just have to say, man, I'm going to let him have that, or I'm not going to go over his back to try to knock this away. I'm going to let him have that because I know the referees they've shown over the course of the year, they're watching me. My reputation is I'm going to commit a foul. I'm going to push. I'm going to, and, and he picks up a couple of fouls that you think, man, just, just let him catch that or just let him score for that matter. Um, I, I know blocking shots is great and it, 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 it's all, I mean, but I, I, I just wish he understood more his value to this team and the importance of him being on the floor because it's simply not the same team when he's not out there. Yeah, I mean, we've seen the defensive presence throughout the year, but now he's become a very hard guy to guard on oh, offense. Man. Yeah, man, I'm telling you, he's making that little uh, short corner jump shot. Of course, you know what he's going to do around the basket. He now can put it on the floor and kind of create his own shot. We saw that when he went baseline, dunked on the other side of the basket. So Makes his free these, throws. Uh, and making free throws. So he tacks the basket, gets fouled, all of the good stuff that we thought it was going to be at least another year before we started to see out of him. Uh, he's doing that. So not just valuable on the defensive end of the floor. He's a number one, number two, number three offensive op- option every time Kentucky gets the ball. Tell me if, if I'm right on this from your 
perspective as a former player. I think the game tomorrow for the with regard to what they would have to do at the SEC tournament tomorrow's game is is huge because if you lose a second one in a row, I mean, they've been knocked down so many times this season, you wonder how many times they're going to get back up. And I've been impressed by how they have continued to fight through a lot of setbacks. And so this was, you know, uh, on one hand, this was, you know, not they, this was a good, they lost to a good team. They had a couple of shots late that might have done it. Uh, if Jackson stays out of foul trouble, probably win the game. So, you know, if you go down and beat Ole Miss, you handle South Carolina. You've won five of six going into the SEC tournament. This game's kind of a little bit of a of a blip, and uh, you don't think so much about it. But if you have two in a row, you know, I don't know if if uh, mentally they come back from that. Uh, am I right? You're absolutely right. And Tom, you know, I'm a I'm a half full kind of guy. I just heard you make reference to that. I'm not a, you know, I'm a always positive. But look, the fact of the matter is. Kentucky missed the opportunity against Florida Saturday. I mean, that's the fact. You win that game, and yes, the Ole Miss game keeps your momentum. It, 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 it you know, you go in there and you win that, and, and, and yeah, you set yourself up nice for the SEC tournament. But the fact is, as far as I'm looking at this, you lose that game against Florida when you got it all going. I mean, it is. Just going so well. Uh, if I win that one, I don't care what happens at Ole Miss. I don't want to mean. I don't want that to sound like I'm saying I don't care if we win it or not. But yes, we we it, it would make a difference. But now you're in a situation where you have to win. You have to try to figure out how to get this thing back on track again. So, yeah, it, it is very important. I mean, it's extremely important to go into Oxford and win that game. Uh, but, man, that, that Florida game would meant, would have meant so much to this team, uh, having won that one. We're talking with Jack Evans, and we'll take a quick break and come right back with one more segment. It's the Leach Report Radio Network, served up by Wild Eggs of Lexington. This is the Leach Report on Talk Radio 1080. You can interact with the show via Twitter at Leach Report. Now, here's Tom. We're back with the goose, Jack Evans, on the KentuckyHempWorks.com hotline. Uh, coming up Saturday, um, right as the Kentucky-South Carolina game should be wrapping up, uh, the North Laurel at Lexington Catholic game is going to tip off across town. Uh, Reed Shepard, the super sophomore from North Laurel, um, will be leading his team against an outstanding Lexington Catholic team. And um, if if under normal circumstances they'd have a packed house, Jack, uh, but there will be mm-hmm. lots of different uh, TV options we're actually going to talk uh, with William Warfield about here in just a bit. But uh, I just bring that up because you played in some of those kinds of big setting high school games uh, when – you were at Bryan Station. James Lee was at Henry Clay. They played. They had to move your all's games to Memorial Coliseum because they couldn't fit everybody that wanted to come into your respective high school gyms, right? Yeah, and, and those games are so much fun, Tom. I'm I'm going to try to figure out a way to uh, to get in uh, get in and watch that game. I mean, it's it's not like I I don't know Reed's dad, you know. <laughs> I probably can. I probably can figure out how to get in there by making a call. I mean, it's a strange season. They're not letting people in, but man, 
those games are, I mean, you talk about those games. I mean, how long ago has it been since James and I went against each other? And uh, here we are uh, still talking about it. As a matter of fact, Tom, if you give me a second, I would like to let the Big Blue Nation know that um, um, ESPN um, is, has done um, an hour-long documentary on, uh, on our uh, national championship team. The four years James and I, along with Rick and Mike, were at the University of Kentucky. Um, we visit just a little bit from our high school days, but it, it's going to be a great show. It's coming oh, out. Oh, great. The, uh, in, yeah, it's coming out in about two weeks, man, um, the 15th of March. Uh, it'll be on at 9 o'clock on the 15th. Um, on the, on the uh, SEC Network, the first time it's going to play. It'll then go to continue play on ESPN. But it's going to be a great show, Tom. Uh, I haven't seen the finished product. They, uh, I did the final reading. But you'll hear from Coach Hall, Leonard Hamilton, Dickie Parsons, and, of course, all the players. And we relived those four years uh, that we were – uh, uh, on that team from our freshman year, talking about being in the Final Four against UCLA in the final game and goes all the way through our national championship. So I just want to give a heads up to uh, Big Blue Nation to uh, keep an eye out for that show um, on the 15th. Uh, also, real quickly, I went over to see Coach Hall, and he asked me to give a shout-out to the Big Blue Nation. He wanted to say hi to everybody. Sorry oh, good. at that time, but no, uh, there was a good great. lead into uh talk about that uh, ESPN uh, hour-long documentary. No, Pretty thank you for uh, for the update. They did a, a nice feature on uh, uh, Leonard Hamilton uh, on game day on Saturday oh, that I saw, yeah. and there was some um, uh, segments with Coach Hall in there, and uh, just a, a wonderful feature. If fans haven't seen it, they can find it somewhere. Uh, and uh, So I'll look forward to that. March the 15th on the SEC Network will be the first airing. So it'll be the Monday after uh, so after Selection Sunday. So start of a uh, good way to start uh, tournament week uh, for the NCAA tournament. Uh, appreciate the update on that. So look forward okay. to that. Um, and, Jack, I appreciate the time. We're uh, coming up on our bottom of the hour break. Uh, we'll uh, catch back up maybe uh, maybe the day that airs and uh, talk a little bit more in detail about it uh, because you guys won the national championship in the NCAA tournament, also won the NIT, played for the championship in 75, so it was a heck of a run. Thank you. Thanks so much, Tom. I appreciate it. That's the goose, Jack Evans. You're here with Dave Baker on the Countdown to Tip-Off show tomorrow night, 90 minutes out from the Kentucky Ole Miss matchups. That'll be 7.30 Eastern time on the U.K. Network. We'll be right back on the Leach Report. Find out more about the voice of the cats and get great coverage of the Big Blue at TomLeachKY.com. Coming to you from the Clark's Puppet Shop Studio, it's the Leach Report for a Monday. We go to the KentuckyHempWorks.com hotline and bring on William Warfield from Prep Spin to uh, talk a little bit more about something we were just uh, chatting with the Goose about, and it's this big game on Saturday at Lexington Catholic with the Knights hosting North Laurel, led by the super sophomore uh, Reed Shepard and... Uh, Williams with uh, Prep Spin, uh, one of our uh, partners here on our show, uh, Mingy Beef Jerky, is one of your partners. They're a presenting sponsor of the Girls Suite 16. And it's great to see uh, all of the promotion uh, that you guys have been able to build up for, for high school sports. You partner with WKYT for uh, events like this. So, William, let's start with where folks, if they can't get in to see this game Saturday, how that you guys can help them see it. 
Well, Tom, I appreciate the opportunity for being on the show and, uh, you know, always uh, enjoy listening to you calling games and everything. Thank you. Um, listen, we've got a huge game Saturday. Uh, you know, we're going to we're gonna air it on the CW. Um, it's 27.2 if you're on, you know, if you try to get it by antenna. Uh, but you can also get it on Spectrum and Charter and all the different cable providers throughout uh, the area. So, you can get it there. If you can't and you're out of the market, we suggest you guys go to prepspin.com or wkyt.com, and you'll be able to watch it anywhere in the world. So uh, it's a huge game. It's got a lot, uh, you know, a lot of uh, notoriety so far this week, and I think throughout the season it's kind of been building up with the teams and uh, you know just just the way that both teams are playing right now. Yeah, North Laurel's still undefeated, right? That's correct. Yeah, both teams are undefeated. Oh, Catholics undefeated too. I was okay. I was uh, not uh, aware that they were still perfect. So this is an incredible matchup. One we might well see again in the the Sweet Sixteen in the the end of March, early April at, at Rupp Arena. But uh, so much buzz about Reed Shepard uh, just because of the the lineage. Uh, his dad is the MVP of the '98 Final Four, and his mom's one of the all time uh, great uh, basketball players at Kentucky. Um, for folks that haven't seen Reed play, they maybe just uh, seen a clip or two or read a little bit, um, tell them what his game is like at this point in his development. Yeah, Reed, Reed is uh, a superstar. You know, I, I've been out to uh, Las Vegas with Brooks Downing in his outfit with BD Global several times doing, you know, even the AAU tournaments that are out there, um, you know, watching LeBron's kid play with his team and things like that. And, and Reed is up there with those guys. You know, you get all those superstars that come out there to, to those big events in Vegas, and, and Reed's just got that type of game. You, you walk in the gym, you see the kid, you know right away that he's going to be a superstar. You know, um, he, he can hit shots. I mean, there's, there's literally no range. And over the summer, he had a huge summer playing. And he, uh, I don't know what it, what it was. I guess it's just the genes, but he is flying out of the gym right now. You see a lot of highlight clips that people are posting on social media of this kid dunking and dunking on people in traffic and, it's just amazing to watch him evolve as a basketball player. And then uh, on the other side, if you're one of the players for Lexington Catholic, you're coming to this game probably with a little chip on your shoulder because there's so much attention for this player on your opposing team. Well, you know, Lexington Catholic's got a lot of attention, too. You know, Ben Johnson is uh, probably the leading candidate for Mr. Basketball this year for uh, for Lexington Catholic, and he's he's another one of those guys, Tom, that he's committed to Bellarmine, you know, Division One basketball, and uh you know, that kid right there, uh, again, he's played against his older brothers all his life. He knows how to create with the basketball. And, uh, you know, Ben Johnson will probably get that Mr. Basketball. I would imagine the voting is going to happen again starting next week uh, as we narrow it down to a single player. But um, I would say Ben Johnson would have to be the leading candidate. I know he's got my vote for it. Plus, Lexington the Catholic recently picked up um, we saw the story about uh, Vince Marrow's. Um, let's see, is it his great nephew um, that is uh, moved here to live with Vince and is playing at Catholic? Yeah. So, you know, I, the last, the last, I would say, the last month, um, you know, we've been noticing him in warmups, and the last couple of weeks, he's actually been able to play with Lexington Catholic. 
But we, we were thinking, you know, hey, there's there's this kid that may be coming to UK or something that's just hanging out with the team and trying to trying to get some practice in or something or you know, we're looking out there, this guy's six foot six foot eight and he's sitting there in warm ups and he's just throwing down some nasty dunks and, you know, uh just rejecting some you know, some basketball layups and things like that that you know, you wouldn't think that would be possible. He's he's an amazing kid to watch too and he's just a sophomore and you know, of course he's gotta he's gotta build on his game a little bit, but as he puts a little bit more weight on his body, I think he's gonna be really special too. Coming up as a basketball fan in the seventies, I I remember those games uh that Jack uh, Givens talked about that between he and James Lee that were played at the Coliseum and listening to those broadcasts and then going to games. Uh, I probably saw the 79 Lafayette team of Jock Sutherland's with Dirk Minifield and that crew probably play as much as my own high school team that year. They were so much fun to watch. And, um, you know, they uh, just the, the big events. Rex came in when he was at Apollo and they had a game that uh, they put on at Henry Clay or against Henry Clay, and they played that at the Coliseum uh, to get back when it's still seated about 12,000 just to get everybody in there. So those big events uh, are have been around for a long time, and it's fun to see one coming up like this one on Saturday that you guys will be able to, to let people see when they, they can't get in like they would under normal circumstances. Yeah, it's you know, especially this year with with the pandemic, as you mentioned, you know, having a limited capacity uh, of fans being able to watch. If this was a normal year, Tom, this game would be played at the Coliseum or EKU or some big venue uh, that you know you would be able to put this on because you're you're going to be able to sell out all those tickets. There's no doubt about it. You know, Blue, Big Blue Nation will show up, and you know all all the supporters for for both teams and. Uh, both teams has got a, a really good fan base. You know, a lot of people don't realize that, but these these fans for Lexington Catholic and North Laurel, they're some of the best traveling fans in the state. And it's almost like going to watch, uh, you know, if I refer to Cubs baseball, if you will. You know how people follow Cubs baseball oh, in yeah. the country. I mean, it, it's literally like that with those two teams. They've got some of the best fans and passionate fans and, um, we're going to miss that this year, but uh, I tell you what, we're going to bring it. I tell you on on the TV and and on the internet for people to watch, and uh, it's going to be special. We're going to run multiple cameras in there. We're going to we're going to do the production just like we did, uh, you know, just a, a couple weeks ago when we had the UK Tennessee women's game. You know, we a lot of people don't know that Prepsman actually produced that, um, and we're going to do it just like that. You know, we're bringing in the best crew and. Dave Buzz Baker is going to do our play-by-play for the game, and we're oh, bringing in Julian Muntz, who played at yeah Julian Muntz played at Moorhead State. So we we thought we'd get a, a male and a female in there to kind of uh, do do the game for us, and uh, it should be really special, man. I I think the game is going to be a classic, and you know you got you got these two guys that are going to battle at it. You know, and Reed Shepard and Ben Johnson. It's going to be special. Plus, you add on to it the history that Nate Valentine has, who's the head coach of, of North Laurel there. Um, he was with Lexington Christian Academy, and so him and Salzman, uh, Coach Salzman of Lexington Catholic, they've got a history together. And they've, they've been big rivalries for the past, uh, I would say, I think Nate was at LCA for uh, five years, I believe, before he left to take the North Laurel job. And they they have a big rivalry history with each other. That's going to be special too. 
So you can go to prepspin.com or uh, kyt.com if you uh, are not in the area that uh, is able to access the CW channel, uh, KYT secondary channel here in Lexington. So um, there's options, but again, just prepspin.com is a good catch-all, the official broadcast partner for the KHSAA, and uh, William Warfield is the guy who's built this uh, thing up into a, a really cool thing. So it's nice that fans have this opportunity to watch this game on Saturday, and uh, it'll time out great right after the Kentucky game is over. You can switch to this. So thank you much, William. Appreciate the time, Tom, and like I said, you know, big fan of yours and appreciate all you do. Thank you. That's William Warfield, prepspin.com, and uh, that'll be coming up this Saturday at 2 Eastern Time, North Laurel at Lexington Catholic. We'll be right back with Ken Spencer from WHAS-TV on the Leach Report Radio Network. Can't get to a radio? You can listen to us live on the web at talkradio1080.com. Now, back to the show. 14 away from the top of the hour, back to the KentuckyHempWorks.com hotline. We bring on Kent Spencer from WHAS-TV in Louisville. And uh, Kent, we'll start with Kentucky basketball. And uh, on one hand, not a lot changed for Kentucky with this loss. They still are going to have to win the SEC tournament in order to uh, have a shot to play in the NCAA tournament. Uh, but... Um, there was it was an uh, an opportunity to maybe be in a position to to get a top four slot that they let slip away with this loss. So, what were your takeaways from what you saw about this particular Kentucky performance? Yeah, I mean, I think I think some of the um, you know some of the shooting woes that that you know hadn't been you know hadn't been there for for a couple weeks started to definitely creep back in, and I think you know sometimes when when a few shots go. Um, you know, if you're not really like a, a, a mentally, mentally strong team, I think sometimes that can creep out through the whole team. Um, you know, it's just shots, you know, shots weren't dropping, um, you know, offensively. And then obviously, you know, Isaiah Jackson gets in foul trouble again. And, and that's just something that, you know, they need him to be able to stay out of foul trouble. And it's not just, hey, I, I'm going to do, you know, aggressive fouls. You know, I think you and I had kind of talked about this before the season. I said, look, Olivier Saar. You know, one of the things when, when he was at Wake Forest, he had the kind of fouls that you really don't need. It's almost like silly fouls. And I think Isaiah can kind of do the same thing. And that gets him into trouble, you know, um, fouls that you really just don't need. Um, and that's something that this team doesn't need a- absolutely at all. I think in the second half against the zone, um, they, weren't, they weren't running the offense, in, in my mind, as, as hard as you need to run it. You know, the ball wasn't popping. It wasn't moving as fast. I think, you know, all of that stuff kind of crept back in. You know, for me, I think the Texas A&M game uh, being canceled pretty much, um, I think that hurt this team. I think this team was getting in a groove, and they needed to continue to play. They needed to continue that routine and having that week off, and it was just kind of practice because, you know, and I I, I asked um, Davey on this before the Florida game. I said, you know, what, what's changed? And he goes, we know we need each other now. Um, and sometimes I think that when you, when you stay in that groove, you know, like it's not just words. You, you, you buy in and you, and you see it. And I don't know if, if, that was the, if that was the same. So, I mean, I think I just think that they needed to stay in the groove before the Florida game. But sometimes, you know, look, taking an L before the SEC tournament and for Kentucky, it's probably one of the, one of the most important SEC tournaments um, 
in program history because it's their only path to the NCAA tournament um, might be a good thing because it's like that ultimate reminder of what how they need to play um, in order to be successful. No, I think you make a good point on the, the last one, if they come back and uh, get this win at Ole Miss, because I kind of I was thinking the performance we saw from Kentucky in the Florida game might be coming against Ole Miss. I thought they'd beat the Gators and then might have this kind of performance against Ole Miss because Ole Miss plays a lot of zone. They do some 1-3-1 one, one half-court trap. They'll play a lot of 2-3, and I just thought with uh, – you know with a freshman point guard who has had uh, some struggles at times, that that kind of matchup where it's going to put a high priority on attacking and making good decisions, that they might uh, struggle in that situation. Well, that came about because of how Florida switched to that zone in this game. And Devin had been playing pretty well. He gets uh, one point, has the same number of assists as turnovers. (laughs) Excuse me. He'd been scoring well and had, uh, in, in every game but one, a, a healthy, positive assist to turnover ratio. So hopefully he learns from this for uh, for Kentucky's sake because uh, it's going to be a similar challenge mentally, I think, for this team down at Ole Miss. No, and, and, and look, he is he's such a big key to everything that they do. And and I think if you look at like his points per game, you're like, well, what, what's, what's he talking about? Well. This is what I, you know, and, and there's games when he's struggling and everybody's, you know, and, and I think I was probably one of those people that was like, you know, why, why does he play so much? And then all of a sudden it hit me like a ton of bricks. They really don't have anybody that can actually handle the ball. He's it. Like, he's the one guy that, like, you know, and, and sometimes it's his decision-making that gets him into trouble. But, you know, even like Mintz, as far as a ball handler, you know, he's not the best ball handler. You know, Devin Askew was really that guy. So they need him on the floor to kind of steady things at all times. He, he, you know, it, it always does help if he can make some shots. But as far as, you know, his ability to run a team, you know, they really need him to be at a high level when it comes to that. Because they don't have it. Because when he goes out, it kind of goes off, you know, it kind of drops off the table a little bit. Um, so they need him to play well. But I will say this, you know, and I, and I just laid out a bunch of the negatives, right, about the, the Florida game and the performance and stuff. But they did not, outside of a hot start, you know, when they went cold, they went ice cold. And, and Florida, I thought, played well. I thought they shot the ball well. Like, I thought Florida did a lot of things well. They still had a chance to win the game with a few minutes to play. I think that actually says a lot, like, you know, now with this team, they're bad. Still gives them a chance. That's that's a good point. If they, I think, if they come back and get the two wins this week, then you've won five of six heading into the SEC tournament, and uh, the 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 loss on this past Saturday is not as big a deal. If you take an L this week, especially you know two in a row like this, then it starts to maybe get a little bit more in your head. Oh, hundred percent. Yeah, I mean. I, I think that they need to, to get back on track. You know, definitely, um, you know, I, I think for them, you know, I don't know what's going to happen at, you know, Old Miss. I mean, you know, you go on the road, anything can happen. Um, but, but the game again on Saturday against South Carolina, I think is vital. I think vital. I think you want to have, you know, some good vibes, you know, heading into to your most important week of the season. Yeah, it's, you know, it, we, we all talk about these things. And I remember back uh, to 14 when that team, they got down and got their clock cleaned at Florida on the last day of the regular season. And you think, well, this is over. They've, you know, been stumbling down the stretch and they just got annihilated by an outstanding Florida team. And then they regrouped. So 
Um, sports can be crazy sometimes, and this year's been one of the craziest years as far as results. It's so funny. I still remember the national championship season when they lost to Vanderbilt in the SEC tournament. And um, I was interviewing Anthony Davis in the in the locker room. And just to look in his eyes after that game, I walked out of that locker room and I said, They're not they're not they're not gonna lose another game. And I don't know if there's gonna be a game that's gonna be that close the rest of the way. Like you just knew, like you were it was almost like you know, for them, it was like that reset that they needed. And sometimes that happens. It, it's like it lit, it lights another fire. Good point. Ken Spencer, thank you much. We'll uh, talk during the uh, tournament run, I'm sure. But thank you for your time. Th- thanks, Tom. Ken Spencer from WHAS-TV in Louisville. We'll take a quick break and come back to wrap up this edition of the Leach Report. Served up by Wild Eggs of This day in Kentucky basketball history, presented by the new Rave On app. And in 1981, Kentucky beat number two LSU 73-71 before one of the loudest crowds ever at Rupp Arena. This one doesn't get mentioned as much in that particular discussion, but it should. Al McGuire was doing the game for NBC, and I remember he said it was uh, almost scary uh, how loud it was because LSU came in trying to close out a perfect regular season. They were 17-0, and and Kentucky beat them. Uh, Dirk Minifield had a double-double, played 40 minutes, had 11 points, 10 assists, and only two turnovers as Kentucky got the win on senior day for Freddie Cowan and Chris Gettlefinger. Uh, Kentucky softball keeps rolling. They clobbered Stetson yesterday, 15-zip. Grace Ballman and Miranda Stoddard combined on the 19th no-hitter in U.K. softball history. And a nice tweet from Davian Mintz after the game on Saturday. said, regardless of the outcome, I cannot thank Big Blue Nation enough for the support and love I felt tonight and all season. Kentucky saved my life, helping me grow as a person and player, but most importantly, letting me be the real me for that. I'm forever thankful, love always. Just a really nice message from a player who's really become uh, very popular and uh, going to, if Kentucky can make the run that everybody's hoping for, he's going to be a big, big part of it. Uh, We will see you tomorrow for the game day edition of the Leach Report. Have a good day, everybody. Thanks for listening to The Leach Report. Make sure you check out the podcast page at TomLeachKY.com whenever you miss a show. And be sure to follow The Leach Report Facebook page. If you have a question for Tom, email it to leachreport at gmail.com. See you next time right here on...